This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you on. It's not every day we get a chance to speak to somebody who I see here in my notes. There's poetry and newspaper columns, and this is going to be an interesting one. So, Betty, thank you for coming on. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, well, this um, this meeting is being recorded poster leave. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, and uh, one of the things that we like to start our conversations off with, with everyone who's ever been on the show, is do you yourself come from a family of business owners or entrepreneurs or anything of that capacity? Actually, I come from a family of farm people. For 40 years, I was a bookkeeper to a farm. And um, I was the girl that uh, pulled the cotton trailers, drove the bean trucks. And after 40 years, my husband said, well, you've worked with me all this time. Why don't you start writing? And I did. I Because I, I had actually been writing. And uh, at one time, I did handle a uh, poetry column for a newspaper and I wrote person articles and it was just kind of a thing I enjoyed and loved to do. Interesting. Now, can you elaborate on this idea of a first person article? (laughs) Well, it's probably different thanks to different people. Uh, But I would interview uh, people like um, the woodcarver, the first person that uh, had um, the bovine um, implant, uh, you know, for, to replace dialysis, things like that. Something that interests people, but, uh, they didn't know too much about it. Oh, the first person column. Okay. Now I, get it. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it meant like in the first person voice, you know? Yeah. Uh, wow. Now that's exciting. You've probably come across some really fascinating stories writing an article like that. I had some very interesting, uh, but, um, you know, to some people, it was just uh, the human interest, uh, like the piano teacher that had been teaching for 50 years and uh, everyone's children had um, been to that lady. Wow. No. So with that being said, how did you get into sort of because you went into writing? I know you mentioned that your husband encouraged you to do that. Um, but what was that journey like for you? Did, do you feel like anything that you learned in the beginning of your like career and all the work you were doing prepared you for something like that? Well, um, they kind of laughed because um, my college education, it was always geared toward writing. I had so many um, hours of um, English journalism, things like that, uh, because I loved it. And um I had written eight (laughs) complete manuscripts when I started writing. And so uh, everyone thought I would uh, use those manuscripts, but I don't know. You know, I am a person of faith and God gave me a complete 
a different set of books to write. And everyone around uh, my hometown called it the um, the Forgiven series. There were five books in that account. And uh, so um, I think I just kind of went, went a different direction they thought I was going to go. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I, I don't know if you knew this, but like Jason himself has a background in a family uh, with farm work. So uh, I, I can tell you can appreciate uh, <laughs> some of the work you've done just based off uh, hearing some of the words and phrases you may have used. I may not be familiar with it because I was born and brought up in a city, but I know Jason can appreciate that. Totally appreciate it. <laughs> I was in the Missouri area of farming. I had three children. Uh, when a farm wife goes into the house of the late afternoon, she still has work to do. <laughs> that was what I did. And I would have to get up early in the morning to write, you know, and uh, the person that, took an interest in me in writing, said, well, I think you should write about something you know. So that was um, faith-based and farming. And um, uh, the farming books were the last ones last year and the year before. They did very well. I'm not tooting my own harm, (laughs) you know. I just mean (laughs) that uh, I'm in an area of farming, and so naturally that's what people would read. Yeah. No, uh Jason and I were just talking about this prior to the call with you, just how important it is to direct what you're writing to the people uh, in a way that makes sense for like your field, even if it's, even if to some degree you have your own objectives with the work that you do, the work itself still has to resonate with people in order for it to be accepted. Right. And uh, the fact that you've chosen to be your writer says a lot because that means you have to put yourself in other people's shoes if you're going to be any good. Otherwise, you don't get very far as a writer if you can't put yourself in other people's shoes. Uh, So there's a lot that goes into that. And one of the things that I see here in my notes that you specifically focus on is uh, is Christian fiction. And you mentioned earlier a person of faith. Now, a lot of the times entrepreneurs will come up against some of the most incredible odds, right? You can think of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in payroll that they have to somehow meet plus overhead, et cetera. Right. And they have no idea how it's going to come, how it's going to work. When you face a moment like that, do you think back to anything you've ever written or something that you've read that, you know, like this is the thing that can carry us as we have here through the storm? Well, I think so many times your own personal experience, the things that's happening around you, Uh, My husband and my daughter were my best um, people to guide me in writing because they were not going to let me get away with something they didn't think was right. And and they were the ones that would read my writing. Um, My husband said, I think you need to rework this a little. (laughs) And uh, he was ill at the time, but he would sit in the chair and read. And um, I kind of took his advice. Because he was a, uh, he was not only a gentle person, but he was uh, he was pretty smart. <laughs> don't, don't all wives say that about their husband? <laughs> and my daughter, of course, uh, was the other one. And the sad thing is, I've lost both of those people. And uh, you you miss the person that will critique what you have written. So I really don't know. Um, I just think that their faith in me meant a lot, you know, 
And uh, now we, they, people will say, does your family read your writing? And I say, well, I don't know. Uh, I know my son and his wife do, uh, but the others are probably afraid they're in that book. <laughs> and they might not like that, you know, <laughs> because um, I did uh, in the first five books, uh, there were a lot of people that were in the medical world. And uh, that's the way it is in my life. Um, there's a lot of nurses. And um, my daughter was uh, HR director over visiting nurse association. So, uh, but she couldn't tell me the stories because uh, there was that privacy thing, you know, that she, uh, she just wouldn't talk about her people other than what I would learn. They would tell me about her. So if you have, um, if the book you were talking about is Faith in Spite of the Storm, that's about my daughter that died of glioblastoma. And um, it was a very sad thing because um, it's a rare form of cancer, tumor of the brain. And I think the um, life expectancy, once they have the surgery, could be, I, I'm not sure, but I believe it was 8 to 15 months. Oh, my God. So, you know, I had a lot of uh, material there that I really did not know I was going to use. But uh, she said, um, Mom, just tell my story. And before, <laughs> before she died, she said, Mom, promise me you'll tell my story. And um, when I wrote it the first time and I handed it over to the editor, she uh, called me and she said, this is too sad. You're going to have to redo this. She said, I cried all night. And I got up this morning and I cried some more. So rewrite this. And so I took a a swing at it the second time and um, handed it in. And she said, well, still sad, but we'll take it. And I said, well, it is sad. You know, I don't mm. know if you know anything about that um, problem, but. Um, Glioblastoma is the first I've heard of it, but it sounds heavy. Oh, it's, it's very rare, but uh, she was such an active person, but it was her faith. And by her faith, she thought, she said, you know, there's no information out there about this, this problem, about this type of um, cancer. And I want the next person to know what they can expect. So um, I watched her go through being such a lively, active, uh, beautiful, spirited person to someone that um, on the last lost um, use of her body and use of speech. And, you know, she was like a person that was closed in. And yet you looked at her eyes and you saw the person that was inside there because her mind stayed good to the end. So that's what that book is about. Um, Faith in spite of the storm. She had it. Wow. That's some heavy, heavy stuff right there. Big well, time. you know, while it was happening, I had a, a person that was in a a publishing company, and he said he was in um, somewhere in Springfield, Missouri, I thought he said. He said, uh, Betty, if you'll write that story, I'll pay to get it published, and I will market it. And I said, why are you so interested? He said, I have a seven-year-old son that has glioblastoma, and they've not given him a year to live. And he said, it's breaking my heart. But I was already with someone else, you know, mm. that was going to take my book. Wow. wow. 
that just goes to show you how small this world this I world wish I really had is. Right? I've yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you're right. It goes to show just how small this world really is. And you never know why you meet people, but maybe it was even more emphasis to show you how important it is to be able to tell these stories. Hundred percent. I know the feeling. You know, my my own father had um, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis for 20 years of his life, Lou Gehrig's disease. And to this day, I don't know anyone else that lived 20 years. It's usually three to four years. So I I firsthand know what it's like to watch family. I, I, while I can't do the other dynamic where, you know, it's that's your daughter, right? That was my father. So it's different, right? Because it's not supposed to be the way that it happened with you. So I can only imagine the pain and the struggle, but it's work like that that can help people, like you said, understand what to expect and how to, how to cope with things like that. Because until well, you he face- was determined, wasn't he? Yeah. And until you face health issues, like truly debilitating health issues, you don't know what life really is, right? It's one of those things where you don't know what you really have till it's gone. No, you really don't know until you, no, you realize, don't. you know? And, uh, and it hits quickly, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Entrepreneurs don't take very good care of themselves, uh, Betty. It's a, it's a it's a it's a known fact. Uh, very few of them have uh, good habits of staying healthy, unless they had some kind of training or discipline beforehand, right? They don't eat well, this and that, and sometimes they do things that, yeah, like everyone else, they know it's not good for them. And then you hear stories like that, and you wonder to yourself, you know, are you really taking advantage of everything life has to offer you? And that's what I feel like the power of the words and the stories and the the moments that you're sharing with us is really trying to deliver here in this conversation is, can we really take advantage of the beautiful gift that we have, which is life with health, right? We wouldn't be but having this conversation we, otherwise. How do we do this without uh, it being gloom and doom? We want people to have the spirit of, uh, you have to keep going. Mm. It can't be all negative. You want uh, something positive, and um, I, I, I don't know. The day my daughter died um, on my um, a daily blog, which I, you know, I do a post every day. There were ten thousand people made a comment. That's a lot of people for one person. And then I have a second uh, post I do, and it had um, five thousand. And I said, well, that's a lot of people in one day. So she has touched someone some, somewhere. And the thing is, I hadn't even written the story yet. So um, I felt it was something that I had to do, maybe for myself, maybe for her. A little bit of both, for sure. I guess. Oh, I'm, I'm very grateful to have been able to learn about this uh, from the writer themselves, you know, as opposed to just reading the column, it, it, it hits a little different. And now it's recorded here for others. To, and we have quite a community that will hear this and be moved by it. And also understand the power of actually documenting and recording some of the things that happen in our lives. Because we never know how our life, just by sharing the story, can impact others. I think I, think I read that there were 80,000 a year in the United States diagnosed with this. And um, they're always hoping to live, but the doctor always says it's incurable. And even though we do surgery, it will come back. Oh, and it wow. does. 
And yet, again, like your book, Faith in Spite of the Storm. Right. At that point, you have to find something to, and one hopes that we find something to live for before it's too late, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. And find well, some joy and, along the way, right? Yeah. And the, I, I tell you, the, out of every negative thing in our life, there's always something positive to come out of that, right? I mean, I, I can speak from this from, you know, being a combat veteran, um, myself seeing all kinds of really bad stuff in my life. And there's always something to come from that that can bring darkness into light, right? And I would like to interview you. (laughs) (laughs) And, but the thing about it is, is a lot of times those stories and those things that lessons can come from and and lessons can be learned for millions of people. They never make it out of the box. Right. And that's the beauty behind what you've done is you've, you've brought the darkness to the light for people to be able to connect with something that is more than just themselves. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. You know, I had to put it away for about three months Mm -hmm. because it was just dragging me down. It was like reliving. And I thought she would not want this. She was a, a happy person. And, and, you know, the thing we've always found in our family, it doesn't matter how bad it is. There are going to be moments that you are going to find something to laugh about. You you better take advantage of that. There's, <laughs> you have got to have humor. Yeah. On the importance of humor. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is fundamental to life. And it's something that I, I only learned later in life and still have trouble. I, I don't have the biggest sense of humor. And I know that is a weakness. <laughs> you know, it's, if we had time, I would love to tell you one thing that happened with uh, when uh, my husband was dying. Please, uh, sure. Do we have time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, we had this little three-year-old in our family, and she loved her granddad. He was actually her great-granddad. And when he, he became ill, prior to that, she had always sat on his lap. They He had this big old recliner and she would, she was so quiet. She would just go sit on his lap hours at a time. And we'd say, she's so quiet. Well, the day that they brought him home from the hospital, she came in the back door. And when she reached a certain point, she knew she saw that hospital bed, but she didn't see it first. She looked up over his bed and she waved and she said, hi. And we said, who are you? are you talking to she pointed up she said the little girl we said what little girl we thought she's making this up and she's three years old she said a little girl sitting up there watching granddad and so we kind of laughed it off well the next day same thing every day she came in she stopped and she waved at the little girl and she talked about the little girl and I I said I don't know if she's seen something or not. Well, we we finally come to believe she was. So in the order of things, my husband did die. But before he died, he looked down at the end of the bed and he said, who is the little girl? And I said, Bob, are you in your right mind? Do you see a little girl? He said, yes, I do. Who is that? 
And well, we said, well, it must be the one Carly's been seeing. Fast forward, about two months later, I was feeling really down and I also paint. And I thought, well, I'm going down in the basement. I'm going to, in my, where my art room is, it's downstairs, we call it basement. And uh, so I began to paint and I thought, I don't even know what I'm painting today. So I'll just paint clouds. I painted clouds. And then I painted just like a water at the bottom. And that was it. So I backed off and looked at it. And well, guess what I saw? I saw the outline of Jesus walking on the water. And in front of him was a little girl. I did not paint that. The uh, ankles of Jesus actually showed like the blood veins would be. Not, you know, not prominent, but you could see. So my daughter came in from work because my husband died in 2016. My daughter died in 2018. She always checked on me every afternoon after my husband died. And she come in that day and I said, Debbie, let's go downstairs. I want you to see something. So we went downstairs and I said, just look at this painting. She looked at it and she said, Mom, that's Jesus walking on the water. And there's the little girl and there's a little dog at the little girl's feet. And I looked and yes, there was. She said, I don't know how you painted this with such detail. I said, trust me, I didn't. I, I know I had the brush, but I don't know how it happened. Well, we, we have cherished that. But let me tell you what I did. I wanted a large picture and it's, I didn't have a big uh, canvas that day. So there was a piece of sheetrock from a, a repair job, I'm sure. I pulled it in and it was straight and everything. And I painted on that sheetrock. It's quite heavy. <laughs> it was quite heavy for a frame. But anyway, that is just one more story that had to do with the name and the title of Debbie's book, Faith wow. in Spite of the Storm. That's I really powerful. No, 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 no. I, things like that happen in life and the, you know, not everything can be explained, you know, and some things we have to take as an act of grace. That is just the way life is. Uh, I'm grateful well, that you opened up about it. You know, it makes um, our family believers. And all we need is something to look forward to and something to believe in. And I'm glad that you found that, you know, because it helps. That is kind of how you, that's the light that you carry through the dark. Uh, it is. So I really do appreciate that you opened up about it. I have to add to this real quick. Yeah, I, do it. Be, do it. Because I got to tell you, I had an experience in my life and I've never really shared it much, but I must share it here because it makes sense. Um, I was about nine years old. I was a twin and my twin brother died of SIDS when, when uh, we were babies. So I never knew him. And every year during Memorial day, my dad was or veterans day. My dad was in the American Legion and they go, do their thing at the, the uh, cemetery and whatnot. And I never really spent any time on that part. I used to take that time to go visit my brother's grave. And I was knelt down at the grave and I was just chit-chatting with, I remember this like it was yesterday. And I left these words. I wish I knew that you could hear me talking to you. And a dollar bill came out of nowhere and landed on the headstone, right? Coincident, but it happened twice. Mm 
not a not a coincidence right i so, believe you so it was for me that was a very very mind opening thing at 9 years old and it, uh, i took those dollar bills home and in uh sunday school we used to do these rocks and then you put the little verse on it and then <laughs> use the glue right and glue the verse on there well, I'd put the same verse, Bible verse that was on his headstone, and I put the $2 bills underneath the rock on the TV. The next morning, there were no $2 bills, and nobody in the house said they touched him. Can't explain it. No idea. But I tell you what, it uh, it's an amazing story that... I was nine years old and I remember it way better than things I even remember last week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I know what you mean. So it's uh, just, it's amazing the things that we go through life, but those things in life shape us. They shape us in business. They shape our personal life. They shape everything that we do and really appreciate you like opening up and and, and share in your heart with us today. That was That's pretty amazing. Some people wouldn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not. <laughs> it takes a brave person to tell these things. Absolutely. Yeah, I've only told it a couple times. So I just told it to the whole world today. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm the yeah. right person. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's really been a fascinating conversation. And there's really only one or two things left to address. So before we go there, um, I would like to take some time to thank, because this conversation wouldn't be happening otherwise. I would like to thank Stillwater Hemp because uh, they work with uh, self-care and CBD. They know it's a growing practice. Whether people are using face moisturizers to get the, or even uh, creams that help get the pain in your joints under control to even better sleep, Stillwater Hemp based in Montana is working on developing this organic and healthy cannabinoid company. And it's making it that much easier for people to enjoy a higher quality of life and self-care. And they even developed their own recipes using hundred percent organic products infused with essential oils, which will only enhance what the CBD is doing. And they even offer a full pet line for cats and dogs, even <laughs> non CBD products so that they can give the best to their furry family members. And they have in-store locations and even online delivery options. So you can get the care and products you need from wherever you are. And all you have to do is visit stillwaterhemp.com and use the coupon code of this show war room for 10% off. If you're looking to private label, you can even mention the war room podcast when you speak with the reps and they'll give you a hundred dollars off your first order, all because you listen to the show because they made this episode here with Betty possible. Uh, with that said, Betty, uh, one of the things we love to do here when we close things out is uh, twofold. First is if you had to go back to one of your most trying times, knowing what you know, now having overcome many things, what would you say to yourself to lift your spirits back up? Oh, my trying time would be losing people always. But the first time that I was just hit so hard, my brother was dying. Um, and he he was he had come home from Vietnam and they said he was sprayed with Agent Orange. And um, I would think about him. He died when he was 31. 
I have been blessed to live to 80. And I remember him and I think we must go forward with a good spirit because God has given us days to live that some people don't have. And I remember things that he would say. He would say, I'm sorry to leave my family, but at least I know where I'm going. So. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's big. And with that, if you could have invited anybody to this show, your choice, who would you have loved to have had here any point in place, time in the world to listen to the conversation we all had today and why them? Well, of course, I would have wanted my husband and daughter to be here, but there was a gentleman that had faith in me so much that one Sunday, he said, I need to come and meet your husband. I want to tell him that you need to write. And his name was David Melton. And he was uh, an author and artist. And um, he had a lot of faith in me. So, you know, it goes, that's the way it goes. Yeah. People that have faith in you. Mm. We need people like that in our lives. Um, Before I turn it over to Jason to close this out, I would like to ask, where can people go to connect with you? You mentioned blogs, articles, books. Do you have a website that people can go to? I do. Um, I have, it's Forgiven by Betty Lowry or just Betty Lowry. And um, I just talk about everyday things. And uh, some, one time I decided I would write fresh each morning and I was doing a book. Well, they liked it so well that that book will be coming out this month. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of different when you just say, I'm going to write from the seat of my pants every morning, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that. some mornings you think, what am I going to write? <laughs> some mornings the seat ain't under you. <laughs> That's right. And where, where are the words coming from? Yeah. I love it. Well, Jason, please take us away. Yeah. Well, hey, Betty. Man, I got to tell you, very, very powerful conversation we had today. And, you know, maybe a a bit of an atypical conversation that we typically do have here in the war room. But I got to tell you, it was a very humbling. And if there was anything to be had out of this conversation, and that is, how humble we really should be um, throughout our lives and how loving we should really be embrace as Cal Fussman says, embrace the hugs a little bit more. Um, And, you know, I think that's what we did. We had a great big, huge 30 minute hug here and that's a wonderful thing. So thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for being on the show and really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate both of you. Okay. Bye now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.